I need the police immediately. My brother is attacking his ex-wife. Oh, hi, Luna. Hi. How uh, how is your day going? It's okay. It's not bad. I went to the、uh, pharmacy to go get some、uh, some kind of vitamins because I need some pep in my step. And the、yeah. pharmacist and I know each other pretty well. We drink together sometimes, and he was like, "Well, we got some of that that beer that you like that you told me to order." <laughs> so I went and grabbed four of those, and here I am off the wagon. Thanks, Mister Pharmacist. Hang on. Your pharmacist is hanging out with you in an aisle in the pharmacy. You're looking、yeah. for vitamins. You're like, "I need some、mm-hmm. pep in my step." Your pharmacist from the Canadian pharmacist is there, and he says, "Well, oh, you know, we got that beer that you like, guy." <laughs> That's what he did. Next thing you know, I'm、no. tinkling around in the in the booze section, and he waves me out. There you go. <laughs> Job well done.、Oh、I don't know how to process that guy. He was right. That is both awesome and the sign of the, the coming apocalypse. I think. <laughs> yeah. They call him the Bat because he has one of those inversion tables, and he likes to hang out downstairs. And they'll come down like, "Hey, I won't say his name, but like, we need you up here." And he's hanging upside down. <laughs> they call him the Bat. Oh my goodness, this guy sounds awesome. Is he down there just like listening to death metal? Or yeah, no, just dead silence, <laughs> trying to drink a beer upside down. <laughs> That's even worse. It sounds like the pharmacist on like Trailer Park Boys or something. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he's here. Oh man, his kids are down in the basement. They're just super pale because they never come up. He's like, "Stay down here, stay down here, Riker, stay down here, Quadrant." Yeah, they're his blood boys. He just <laughs> injects their blood into himself. I've got youthful blood. Oh my goodness, man, you got such a life that is crazy. I was just gonna say that.、Uh, You know, I, I started doing sit-ups, so、oh, yeah. <laughs> both of us are <laughs> both of us are on a health kick. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been doing the breath of fire. Have you, have you ever heard of the breath of fire? I think I have that every morning when I wake up. Out of your butt. Now, what you do is <laughs> it's a breathing technique, and you just breathe out your nose like this. You breathe out really, really fast like this. <laughs> Like for like a minute, right? And then the last、mm-hmm. one, you take it in, and then you hold it, and then you almost fall over. It's called the breath of fire. Really? Yeah, I don't know what it does. If I were to do that right now, it would be called the screen full of snot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually just did that. <laughs> Your windscreen looks all dewy. <laughs> That's what the pharmacist does too, though. So, anyways. <laughs> oh man. Well, since we're on the medical kick, I have a question for you.、Mm-hmm. Hey, Luna. Where is your orbital bone? It's in your eye. It's around your eye. Yeah, yeah. Also, behind your eye, there's one called the orbital wall, which is like on a skeleton. When you're looking, and there's no eye, but you see that p- 
pocket behind. That's the orbital wall. Cool. Do you know how much force it would take to fracture your orbital bone? It's like to break my face? Yeah, basically. Yeah. I've seen it in the UFC. They call it like a buckled orbital. Mm. Uh, my mm. face is made of uh, like paper mache or, you know, like a, a wasp nest, you know, that material. <laughs> That's what my face is apparently made out of. Every time I've been punched in my life, it's over. But, uh, like, for a properly constructed human, it would probably take quite a bit, you know, like a car crash or getting hit, hit in the face with a bowling ball or a baseball bat. Yes. At, at a fist being 1.06 pounds on average, it would take a velocity of over 30 miles per hour hitting your face just right uh, with an impact of two newton meters, which I don't know what that is, but <laughs> that seems like a lot. That If two newton meters was two apples falling down from a tree and you're laying underneath Newton's tree and those two apples hit you right in the orbital bone, yeah, I can see it breaking your orbital bone. Sure. Mm-hmm. So that's how much. All right. I have another question. Okay. What are, hey Luna, what are your feelings about judges? And if so, have you ever had any interactions with a judge or judges? And pursuant to any interaction with said party, have you ever received any sort of penal outcome from a judge or, or any part of a litigious branch of government or authoritative body? Oh my God. I know you're stuck on penal outcome, but, <laughs> yeah. you know. <laughs> Uh, my feelings about judges are that they seem bored. Mm. Like they seem like they listen to people lie all day, and uh, as a result, they're not enjoying their job very much. Mm. I, I feel like judges have to sit around all day and listen to people lie a lot, like cops. The one that I had to stand in front of when I was nineteen, uh, he looked like he'd melted from being exposed to like so much stupidity. Like he was just like, <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, the egg in a hole you ever eaten egg in a hole it's like a piece of egg in the middle of a piece of toast toast right that's what he looked like (laughs) like he was melting into his robes (laughs) yeah yeah just with like this look on his face like you're lying next everybody's lying to me I get paid okay but I'm gonna drink a lot when this is over (laughs) well we're gonna talk a little bit more about judges uh, down the road uh, and about exactly what you're talking about. Sort of that jaded, right? That jaded yes. mm-hmm. element to them. Where I live, um, courts have a halftime where both sides eat orange slices to refuel their bodies of vital lost nutrients during the litigious <laughs> process. And I have at times been hired to play my lute and my fife during the halftime. Not during the orange slices part, that'd be silly. But during the um, the nap time part where everyone lies down on their mat just before the judge goes out to recess what yeah really weird i wouldn't be surprised if that's true your loot and your fife yeah yeah our courts are oh man they're crazy here crazy so you're like cupid yeah pretty much the the judges are cherubic i'm playing a loot and fife there are grapes and orange slices (sighs) so yeah it's very it's very roman if you will so anyway, my interactions with judges have been largely positive, to be honest. But with the best part, eating cookies in his chamber after he convicts someone in the fourth quarter of the trial championships. Okay. Hey, uh, here's a joke. Here's a joke. Feel free to use this one licensed by 1159 Media 2021. Uh, do you know what you call cookies that are in a judge's office? No. Chambered rounds. <laughs> 
That's pretty good, huh? <laughs> Chambered rounds. I got you, yeah. Okay. Not bad. Partially because if you eat too many of them, they'll kill you too. <laughs> and you know those cookies with the, 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 like the little jelly center where if you don't eat it right away, the jelly center like goose its way all the way through the cookie. So when you pick it up, it's just like a, there's a hole in the middle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Those would be hollow points. Oh, God. <laughs> Is this going to turn into a, a, what's it called? Cookie Friday commercial? <laughs> <laughs> no, it won't be a Cookie Friday commercial. Based in Las Vegas, cookiefriday.com. Uh, I, okay, I have another question for you. Oh. Uh, these, are all leading, these are all leading to a call. Hopefully. So, uh, hey, Luna. Have you ever heard of someone committing violence against a judge? And if so, why do you think they did it? And if not so, why didn't you ever hear about someone committing violence against a judge? Actually, I was working on a on a case for a dead time story on Patreon about a guy in Italy. He was called the boy judge. He was 37, but he looked much younger. And in the early 90s in Italy, the Sicilian mob... Uh, is there any other mob? I mean, well, it's the biggest one, I guess. No, yeah. Is uh, they uh, they ran him off the robe, the robe. They ran him off the road and they uh, they shot him to death. Wow. And now he's going to be beautified as martyr. I don't understand what beautified is. Do you know uh, what that is? Beatified? Be- beatified, yeah. Beatified. beatified. It's leveraged from a, a biblical term called beatitudes. <laughs> but basically, it's yes, it's 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 just. I would just say just south of being um, uh, sainted. So you know. So they're gonna dig him up and dump some holy water on his skull or something like that. Make yeah. sure they'll pull a finger uh, off and they put it in a little box in the the uh, Pope's library, and then mm. it becomes a thing like a charm that he can wear around his neck i think gotcha well anyways to answer your question yeah i know why a judge would be targeted to shut him down to shut him up okay mm, that's about it yeah that's good that's helpful so that leads us uh, good job segueing because that leads us right into a little bit of just just a little backstory on this call and then we're going to listen to this call okay Oh, good. Yeah, finally. So on <sighs> August 2nd of 2014, Lance Mason was driving away from a funeral with his wife in the passenger seat and his two daughters were in the back. They began talking about their relationship, Lance and his wife, not the kids because they were younger and they, you know, obviously they had childlike relationships. But Lance and his wife were talking about their relationship, which had become strained over the years. And they had also been separated for the last year and a half up to that point. So at that point, as they were driving away from the funeral, Lance became angry. So let's listen to this call and just see how uh, how angry Lance became. Are you uh, okay? You ready for me to hit play? Yeah, sure. I'm ready. All right. Here we go. <laughs> 12, 14 p.m. 46 seconds, August 2, 2014. All right, calm down so you can get some help, okay? Are you some Mason? 911, check your police emergency. Uh, yes. Uh, my husband just beat me and threw me out the car. He has my two daughters in the car. Where are you at? Boulevard. Yeah. And, like, Avalon. She just threw me out the car. Orange Saturn View 2008. I'm afraid he's going to hurt my daughters. Is she with you now, or did no, you drive off? she drove off. Which way on Van Aken? He went 
uh, going down towards the police station, you probably hit chagrin. Okay, uh, yeah, somebody else called about that. Uh, where are you calling? What's your phone number? Where are we calling? Uh, they're taking me to South Point now. Who's taking you to South Point? I, some nice people in the car stopped. I jumped in. Are you in the car now? In another person's car. Please call my kids. Are you injured? Yes. I need some air. Oh. Um, I, is it like, yeah, because we're going to, so do you want an officer to meet you up at uh, South Point then? Yes, but find my kids, Saturn's View, 2008. Have, do you know the plate? Do you, have uh, the plate? do you have the plate? Do you know the plate on it? It's uh, oh no. Hey, I'm gonna pause it for a second, okay? Okay, I'm gonna pause it. Um, so I'm sure he's doing a good job as far as the job is concerned being a, a, a dispatcher in this case here's one thing that frustrates me about humans you find this a lot with people that i would just call job jobbers where mm-hmm. i've had database programmers people like that that do this all the time they, they believe that their job is so mysterious that i don't know what they're doing anyway right and so i give them instructions i like in one of my past companies i'd give them instructions on what we needed to do and i was very a copious whiteboard notes right and then they would do that thing and then it would not work and their excuse was well oh yeah well but you told me to do that and then that and then that and then that you didn't i mean the thing between that and that you didn't tell me to do like like i'm like you don't they don't use their brain to connect the dots and in this case this guy Mm -hmm. she already said she's beaten up and thrown out of a car that he has her kids in the car like this dude reads zero in between the lines like if she's not saying it it doesn't exist (laughs) yeah right away it sounds like uh ma'am are you having a baby or do you need a paper bag to breathe into she is hyperventilating yes have you been injured uh yeah i just told you i've been injured but she's worried about her kids and i'm interested to see if he catches like her real concern here is that they're going to send somebody to make sure her kids are okay yeah and he he kind of just bypassed that immediately right Or, or didn't acknowledge it i mean yes like as a human once again either he has no kids or he has kids and one of the two things is happening she says he has he beat me up threw me out of the car and he has my kids in his head he doesn't have any kids so he doesn't have that that trigger response the worry right he he can't right. empathize or and i hope this isn't the case but he's like well i have kids and they're fine you know like he, he has no ability to like translate that you know his own real world anyway this dude is yeah. not listening between the lines i don't like to beat up dispatchers very often but this guy's stretching this out frustrates me okay yeah let's keep hearing it let's see if he uh, redeems himself here yeah okay here we go do I know Y-M-E-479 or something like that? Y-M-E. It's impressive. Yeah. Just as she knows that. Oh, man, I be advised. I'm speaking to uh, the victim, the wife, and uh, she got picked up by another vehicle, and uh, she's going to South Point. Doesn't mention the kids there. Yeah, done. Like, there's no... Where are you at right now? 
I'm heading up there, Nathan. He was also confused that, that she said she was in a car. I'm like, she uh, exited that. Uh, like, come on, man. That orange vehicle. And she got picked up by a passerby. It was clear to me immediately what had happened. Wasn't it for you? Okay. Where's the kids? Again, Hold the kids. Second. He missed the kids. Do you have another phone? Could you dial 921? Like she said, <laughs> kids are still in a bad situation. Why aren't we yeah. talking about that? What's your first name? Aisha. Aisha. Okay, Aisha. can you tell that driver just to stop where you're at? And we're going to have the squad meet you. Oh, okay. An officer, okay? So where are you going to be pulling over at? Uh, we're at this church. St. Dominic's? Lutheran Church. No, St. Peter's Lutheran Church. They want you to pull over and park. St. Dominic's, that's Saint my church. Peter's I don't know where you're at. St. Peter's Lutheran Church at Van Aken and Ingleside. <laughs> yeah. Did you find the car? Five twenty two five two. The vehicle stopped at Van Aken Ingleside. I'm going to have the, the squad respond there. Did you find the what, what kind of What kind of car are you in? It's a black. What is this? They have the flashes on. It's a black. What kind of car is this? Mercedes. A black Mercedes. Yes. Did you find this pattern? Do you? Be in a black Mercedes with their flashes on. Van Aken Ingleside. I'm calling the squad now. They're here. Did you find this pattern? View. She's worried about her kids. Are you with an officer, man? Ugh. Yeah, they just pulled up. Did okay. you find this view? Did you find my kids? Dude. Okay. Oh, man. You know what frustrates me about that is I don't like to assume that people have bad intentions or negative opinions. How many mm-hmm. times did she ask if her kid did they find their kids? I think three. I think three. And Somewhere between three and 300. I mean, <laughs> it was like the, the ending of every sentence. She's like, did you find the car? Did you ca- find the car? Have you found my kids? And how many times did he respond to her uh, to tell her what was going on with the kids? And how many times did he pass the information on that there were kids involved to anyone else he was speaking yeah. to? That's zero and zero. Right zero there. and zero. I mean, it, it frustrates me because I'm like, that is, crit- like you said, that is critical for the officers to know because there could be potential additional victims. They'd have to mm-hmm. treat that car with kid gloves walking up to it, you know, that because yeah. there's children in the car, maybe, I don't know their protocol, but maybe they don't walk up with hands, uh, guns drawn. I don't know. But he's missing information, and then he seems to be withholding right. any kind of comfort or empathy or, or you know solace that he could give her. Even if it's, ma'am, we are doing everything we can to find that car. We're trying to find your kid, blah, blah, blah. Even if it's a lie, yeah. you know. Exactly. Come on. I agree. I agree. But what year is the Mercedes? Oh, I got one of those. I have one of those. Oh, that's a good car. You said that now you said that the Mercedes black. <laughs> yes, it's black. All right, and your name's Aisha? <laughs> what are you getting at? <laughs> you know, it's just like, what are you, what dots are you trying to connect here for everybody? Jeez, it's just frustrating. I was frustrating. Did that sound racist? I didn't mean that to sound racist. Oh, ah, well, yeah. people think you're racist anyways, judging by the, the reviews that we get, but we'll talk about that later. I don't see skin color. I just see... I don't know if uh, that's true, <sighs> judging by the dots you just connected previous, but we'll move on. Uh, I think the dispatcher did that, not me. So, (laughs) 
Here we go. Okay, so okay, here's a little skinny on Lance Mason. Lance was a member of the Ohio Senate. Uh, so he was a state senator for anyone that doesn't follow politics. He was a state senator. There's, uh, you know, senators that go to Washington and they do stuff there for your state. And then you have a handful of senators that stay home and they cover districts inside your state. And your state might have four billion districts. So you've got a bunch of little low level senators hanging out. Mm-hmm. Spending your tax dollars on lunch. Anyway. Oh, wow. All right. Not that I have an opinion. Uh, so he represented the 25th district in Ohio from 2000 to 2008. So, you know, he's a high roller. Lance Mason is. He's a senator or one term, one year senator, I guess. I don't know. Before that, though, from 2002 to 2006, he was a member of the Ohio House of Representatives where he served as assistant minority whip during his final year year. Personally, Jack, I disagree with someone being the minority whip. I think it's cruel and barbaric. It should be a practice that we do away with. At least only whip the majority of people instead of the minorities. The majority w- probably deserves it. The much more... Th- okay, hey, I think... Uh, okay. Listen, have you ever seen House of Cards? Yeah, I, that is a talent I wish I had, just to build... Okay. I don't have that much time on my hands to... All right. Listen, it's a television show, Kevin Spacey. Oh, the rapist. <laughs> um, but like, I remember watching House of Car- Cards and them always talking about him being the whip. And I looked it up and back then, and from what I understood was that the whip is like the enforcer of the minority party in the government. They're just making sure that the party members are voting in the party's best interest and not their own, which would weaken the party's stance on something like that. Like, so they figuratively whip the party into shape. It's not an actual person. Uh, that whips minorities, mm. like you're saying. Okay, so so you're saying you agree with this practice. <laughs> okay. I'm saying that that's not what's happening. Nobody's getting whipped here. Literally whipped. There's a I, whip. You know this. I can't talk to you when you're like this. Anyway, I guess for the sake of the podcast, let's continue in silence while we discuss the rest of what's happening. Okay? Agreed? Uh, Anyway, okay, here we go. So, but Lance was the minority whip, which is weird, but whatever. He was also an assistant prosecuting attorney for the county and was an aide to the U.S. representative Stephanie Tubbs Jones. (laughs) You got anything you want to say about Stephanie Tubbs Jones name, Jack? Do you have a problem with people named Jones? No. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. Okay, fine. Okay, we're on the same page, finally. We, f- we both agree with women's rights. They should be able to hyphenate. In uh, 2017, Lance worked for... Uh, in 2017, Lance worked as an official for the city of Cleveland under the mayor. And just to clarify, I'm sure there are a lot of visual people out there. Again, on my views. I don't care if he was under the mayor or in any other location on the mayor. Love is love. And whips are fine when you love someone. All right. And I'm also okay with p- women hyphenating their names uh, in case you don't get sarcasm there. Okay. Which a lot right. of people don't seem to get. I think we've we've come to a... You know what? I feel like we've brought unity to each other and to our listeners. Yeah. We're whipping this podcast into shape here. That's great, man. Yeah. All right, so a little more detail. Super frustrating that the guy obviously wasn't ever telling her about her kids, which pisses me off, man. But all right, so 
She was not in good shape when she called. When Lance became angry, he bit Aisha in her face and mm. punched her 20 times and choked her. He broke <laughs> her orbital bone, which we talked about, uh-huh. when he repeatedly was slamming her head against the dashboard, the window, the console, and the armrests of the Saturn view. And if you've ever been in a Saturn view, there is a lot of hard plastic. Not a ton of padding to help with repeated face impacts. Personally, <sighs> I think that's probably why Saturn went out of business. They saw all their competition improving padding for repeated face impacts, and they were like, nah, let's make this cool roadster called the Saturn Sky instead. I'm sure it'll be a huge hit. And it was. And so more people's faces got broken on their other car models, so they quit the car business. I think that's what. Uh, I agree with. You. I disagree with you. It sounds like it was a huge hit. Mm. No. <laughs> oh, oh! I see what you did there. Hey, that was good. <laughs> yeah, jokes about domestic violence. That's my specialty, man. All right. So what else we got? Okay. So- you caught me off guard with your funny. Now I know I'm like old tizzy wizzy. <laughs> All right, here back to back to Lance. While he was uh, driving down the road, beating her head on the car parts, she tried to jump out of the car, but he grabbed her hair. At a red light, she was able to get out, but she fell onto the street. Lance parked the Saturn view and the children watched through the window as he went over and he hit Aisha while she was on the ground. The oldest child, who also has special needs, was quiet during the whole incident, but the youngest child was screaming as she witnessed Lance beat her mother. After beating her, he got back in the car and drove away, leaving her on the ground. After that, he called his sister and told her to come pick up the kids because he was going to kill himself. But by then, Aisha's phone call to 911 had connected with the police. They had somehow overcome all the lack of information from the dispatcher, and they had found Lance and arrested him before he could do anything else to himself or to anyone else. Aisha ended up suffering severe injuries to her face, head, neck, and, like we said, an orbital blowout fracture in her left eye. And she needed facial reconstructive surgery. Um, that's nuts. Ooh. Yeah, that's nuts. Hey, just for a second there, uh, what I re- yeah, I got, kind of got hung up there with like the joking about how terrible the situation is. I just want to say something out loud that I've been wanting to say to you for a while. I realized that when you are um, speaking about horrible information, you almost turn it into like a cartoon <laughs> as a form of like a, a coping me- mechanism, you know? Like you, you always, once it gets intense, you go there and then suddenly I'll say something horrible and then it'll shut, shut things down. I, I, I think we are a bad match. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, good point, but... All I will say is, if you want to, f- if you want to see another another couple like us, wink, wink, kiss, kiss, uh-huh. that that does it right, uh, that still leaves you in a bit of shock and ah, but uh, is disturbing. I know exactly what people should watch to be like. Oh, that's Jack and the Operator. Go watch Tom and Jerry cartoons. Go go do that. <laughs> go do that. That is us. We are the Tom and Jerry. Of the non-cartoon podcast, true crime, nine one one calls world. Who's Tom and who's Jerry then? Well, 
it, you know, I will leave that remain to be you to see because it could be either one of us. You know what? Yeah. Good, good question. I think we're confusing our audience from time to time. We just got a one star review. Have you heard, have you seen this one star review we got? Yeah, I looked at them recently. I did. Yeah. Oh, that was hilarious. Let, let, uh, let's read. I'm going to read it to you. Okay. And you tell me who is who in this one star review we got. I actually, I actually have it right here. Do you, okay, you read it, it, and I will tell. I will tell you who I think he's. They're talking about. Go ahead. All right, all right. One star. Hard to keep listening to. This is the one. Could yeah, that um, could be you. Okay, you. I've, okay, well, at first <laughs> I thought it. At first I thought it was a good podcast. Okay. The main guy, probably me. The main guy seems pl- cl- the main guy. Right? Clever. Okay, stop. Cl- clever and well informed. Okay, is who the main guy is. But it's hard to keep listening to it because I'm put off by the accent guy's casual racism. Okay, according to that. You're you're clever and informed. I don't know because I be the accent. Oh, oh wait, unless they really can't handle Canadian, like soft, subtle Canadian accents. Maybe you're the accent guy. Okay, and I you're the, the racist guy though. And then this okay, th- but the <laughs> the second guy is a bit dull. Is how they finish it off. So so at first I thought it was a good podcast. The main guy seems clever and well informed, but it's hard to keep listening because it's, I'm put off by the accent guy's casual racism. The second guy is a bit dull. I'm confused if the second guy is a bit dull and he's the first guy that who's is well informed and clever. Okay, yeah. So those are the two different guys. But then who's the accent guy? Are there three people on, on our podcast? I don't think there are three. I don't think there are three. I think this guy needs to find another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that, yeah. They're also from Great Britain, so oh, that says a lot. The accent. Oh, hey, here's another thing. Uh, the accent guy's casual racism said by the guy that calls him the accent guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Exposing themselves. I love mm-hmm. that guy. It's fun. Whoever <laughs> oh, that me is. Too. Thank you for the one star. You made it to the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Back to the horrible stuff where we turned it into a cartoon. Um, oh, can I say something about Great Britain here real fast? Yeah, sure. I, I love people from Great Britain. That's why I'm so hard on them. My family's from there and everything, too. And I get a lot of feedback of people thinking that I hate their accent and all that stuff. I just know that they could take – they're okay with getting the piss taken out of them, as they say. Yeah. And uh, I had something written down here. The English accent, I feel, is mumbling and muttering it, 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 more so than it is an accent. Like an introverted drunk guy trying to like express himself. That's <laughs> that's what I feel about that. I also, the Italians, I don't like being around Italians because the, all they talk about is like their mob ties and things like that. And I think they put it on a little bit much if you're not actually from Italy. Like, you know, so I'm just getting all this stuff out there, you know, and... and, and that bothers me right now. And then I'll finish it because I'm Irish, right? Or have Irish roots. Irish people's farts don't stink because they have a low nutrition diet. They just eat gray food (laughs) and they're in gray weather. And it smells like when they fart that someone just opened up a bag of potato chips. So I just want to get all that out right now and clear clear things up a bit. (laughs) 
If you don't believe any of what Jack just said, then you should see pictures of his last Thanksgiving. It was like it was like Tiny Tim meets the Irish Depression. It was hilarious. A lot of potatoes. A lot of potatoes. And there's some, there's some Italian in there too. So then you'll mm. just have like a random chicken parmesan or something. So I go after my own stuff, you know. So I'm not the racist guy. I will say this about the Italians. I I I don't know if I sh- I respect this or detest it, but I think every Italian man between the ages of like 18, 17, 18 and 26 probably they spend most of their time going Hey, Julio, how many American <laughs> tourists have you banged this week? How many have you shown around the town and experienced the, all the beauty that we had and then had sex with them? How many have you done? Because I yeah. believe that's their job in Italy is to just look beautiful, find American tourist ladies, and then have kind of an eat, pray, love kind of, uh, yeah. you know, montage moment with them and then disappear in their life forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Italians drive me nuts. I love being around them. I mean, they make me laugh like crazy, but it always kills me how they're, they all claim to have some kind of mob ties. <laughs> it's like, it's like you, you, just because you have this, like you could be born, there was this one guy that uh, my girl was telling me about, his name was Mark something. I forget his last name, but he changed his name to have a C on the end. And suddenly he developed a Jersey Shore accent when the show Jersey Shore came on. And now he's getting tattoos and getting tanned up and all that. He's got a bowl on his shoulder. It's like, get the f*** out of here, Mark. That's all, Also, that's French, you fool. Yeah. Uh, I wish I had that. Like, I wish I could just manufacture a personality that's not real. That would be great. You woo a bunch of women or men if you're into that, you know. Mm. And then, like, right before you dump them as a obvious one-night stand, you make it all romantic by being like, I'm going to put this note in this bottle, and we will throw it into the ocean. And when you are in New York, you look at the entire ocean, and when you see this bottle show up, I will be there. Okay. You know, like, I would love that. I hear you. That'd be awesome. Hey, can I get one more thing off my chest? Sure. People with a lot of tattoos, I'm okay with it, okay? I got family members, everything else. I have no tattoos myself. I got cigarette burns on my right arm from when I was in a gang when I was like 14. But but the, the thing with people with tattoos at this point, I find, and I'm probably going to get a lot of negative feedback for it, I feel like it's more of a statement not to have tattoos yeah. nowadays than it is to have tattoos. So people with a lot of tattoos who talk about them all the time, like it makes them dangerous or cool, or like, or like people, people are like judging them based on their tattoos. Nobody's judging you based on your tattoos. Everybody Everybody's got tattoos. Tons of people do. If anything, me as a skinny white dude, tall skinny white dude uh, with no chin and a bit of a pudgy <laughs> belly who has no tattoos, I get judged more so than you do. You're fitting in more at this point. So I don't want to hear about your mob ties or your tattoos anymore. <laughs> and if you're talking to me and you're from England, just lay off the booze a little bit because you already talk like you're friggin' got 15 beers in you. I'm done. That's it. <laughs> I that reminds me of my senior pictures in high school. Guess why? Because why? because of this. Like like I think I would do the same exact thing, but if I had beautiful tattoos on my arm or something, I would always make sure that my arm is in the picture somehow. Like I'm like scratching oh, yeah. my back, like ha ha ha. Oh, look, I'm itching my shoulder, but my whole beautiful tattoos in the picture. <laughs> you know, I would do that kind of thing. 
I, I, and I give a lot of credit to people that have really massive tattoos on their body, but like they actually take pictures without like showing their hands in the picture to show, you know, yeah. or that perfect angle where you can see the little star behind their ear. Um, if they're, if they're just, just being themselves and you know, there are of tattoos course. out of the frame, I, I think that's impressive because I, uh, did exactly what I'm saying. I see a lot of people do in my senior pictures. I was a cyclist for the United States Cycling Federation when I was in high school and a couple years after that. So speaking of going off track. Yeah, right? But get this. To. Yeah, this is great. You'll love this one. Uh, guess who's the only idiot I've ever known who took senior pictures in cycling shorts? You. Yeah. Plus my bike. Uh, also, so the photographer was constantly like, I need to get a close up of your face. And, you know, because that's your senior picture. I'm like, but is, but, but is the bike in the shot? So all my senior pictures are like from like 20 feet away. So like, <laughs> I'm, I'm that guy. I'm that guy with like the violin in his senior mm-hmm. pictures and like, you know, his picture of Slipknot behind him. Like he's, you know, I'm like, these are all the things that I'm edgy about. I had Lycra on in my senior pictures. I believe it. I believe it. So all you tattoo people who, who you know, expose your awkward arms and tattoos in your pictures like nonchalantly. I get it. I get it because I did it with my bike. <laughs> I'm I'm personally sick of it, so I'm glad that we have a podcast where I can me too. Where I can express that. Yes, and you know what? I appreciate you saying that to me. I didn't know you were sick of it, and so now I will make sure, starting today, that I won't take any more selfies of myself with making sure my bike is in the picture. You got it. You got it. I think it's a, a lot of insecurity on my part, actually, too. I've always said that, that tattoos are an expression of insecurity, that they, they're to show like what you think that you are in like some kind of artistic form. So you don't even got to try to be that anymore. You are that because yeah. you've gone to the point of doing that, whereas I think like you need to prove it in ways that are nonverbal and non-artistic like that. But a lot of my friends have tattoos. Let me just put that out there. And I have a lot of African-American friends, too. And a lot of black friends. So I, I, sorry, not sorry, Italian friends. I have a lot of gay friends. I have a gay uncle. Yes. So, so you're basically gay by pretty much by saying that. Yeah, I'm accepted, definitely accepted by the community. Um, also, okay, two questions for you regarding this, and then we're back on track. A. Oh God. Question A. Um, how do you feel about neck tattoos? I used to be like, oh, you just you just screwed yourself out of like ninety percent of jobs. But you know what? Anymore. I think it, that the neck tattoo is almost a flip of what you're saying that it was a, it is a sign of uh, insecurity, low self-esteem, insecurity. Because man, that's committing, especially like beautiful, like beautiful people that get neck tattoos. It's it's. I'm sorry, but it is true. If you're beautiful yeah. and you get a neck tattoo, that's like that's like somebody having the balls to sculpt the David statue and then spray paint the David statue. It was already beautiful. You did some crazy stuff to it. So that's pretty confident in my mind. Sure. And question two to that one. <laughs> Which I didn't answer, but go ahead. If you, had to, if you had to get a word tattooed above your eyebrow, like what's yeah. his name, the guy that's really famous? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, um, po- M- Malone. Post, post Malone. Malone. Post Malone. Yeah, if you had to post Malone your face and the first thing you had was a tattoo over your eyebrow with the word, what word would you choose? Stupid. Yeah. I was going to go for calories because it's edgy. It, it Calories means I either 
I either like them and I'm telling you that, or I realize that's probably the way I'll die, and which is also yeah. really edgy. I actually really like Post Malone, and I again I got to reiterate that I love most all my friends and people who have tattoos. What I'm talking about are the people that do it, and you can tell that it's what they're what they are now. Like this is how they identify themselves. Like look at me, oh hey, people think I'm a badass because I got tattoos, but really yeah. deep down I'm a good guy. Nobody said you're not a bad, not a, not a. It's the same with bikers too. Like guys who aren't bikers, they just did like 50 years at GM, and now they got a friggin' Harley <laughs> Davidson, and their wife t- has a Winnie the Pooh tattoo on her lower. <laughs> back like it's just like you're not hardcore man like you, you, you bottle that stuff I, I, I'm all up for prison tattoos and stuff guys don't like to talk about but uh, the ones that are blatant in your face like I'm not buying it same as I'm not buying the mob ties and, and everything else and it's really been bothering me I, I could tell, and I'm glad we're getting it off our chests here. You know how that husband who worked at GM got a Harley. You know the conversation that happened after the wife came home with that Winnie the Pooh tattoo on her lower back. She says this to him. Richard, guess where the pot of honey is? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. And then <laughs> they get below. a divorce. And then that's when Richard tells her the reason he got the Harley was because he's been cheating on her. <laughs> Yeah, with with a guy named Dale. (laughs) (laughs) Which, okay, since I'm accepted by the community, I'll tell you the one thing I don't like about my gay uncle. I'm like, man, you you do not live in the same world because he lives in Tenerife, like a beautiful island. His main complaint in life is when he's like, Sam, right now, it's 72 degrees here. I can't. I have to wear slippers on my hand-honed tile floors. It's seventy-two degrees. I'm like, bro, that's your problem. So <laughs> you got that off your chest. Yeah. If I got a beef with the community, it's that you're you're okay. you are you are tone deaf to temperature. <laughs> oh man, and my beef with straight, you know, whatever, just. Just, I guess a white male, straight white male would be like the one that's always people think are judging everybody else. It's like you're not interesting at all. That's yeah. my beef with you. I think everything is very interesting. Like the idiosyncrasies of, 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 of it all. I, I, I hate that there's, there's the, they get grouped like these are bikers, these are tattoo people, these are right. this. And, and within those groups, there are real people, like real expressionists. And, and, and then there are some who just get like, uh, I don't know like a ladle on their arm because they're a chef and they're hardcore. It's like people people judge me for my tattoos. It's like, oh, you're just a chef, dude. Shut up. You got a stupid ladle on your arm. Who gives a shit? Nobody cares. I think there's actually like a, a sheet now which you can go into a tattoo bar uh, parlor and just check the boxes next to the I want this, I want the I want the, I'm edgy, but I'm also wanting to be an executive. So you get the, the bluebird uh the bluebird oh, tattoo, yeah. the heart mm-hmm. with the with the knife through it that says, uh, you know, hustling or hustle. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. You know, there's like six tattoos and they're like, this is the standard CEO arm tat set. I'll, okay, I'll take that. How much is that? It's $288. <laughs> and you have no concept of how much tattoos should cost. You're like, yeah, do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to talk about a domestic abuse in a car again here, so that's probably yeah. a lot of cutting for you. I apologize. I well, a lot I, off I'm there. glad we disclaimed a lot of that stuff because the one thing that I can't relate to is severe domestic abuse, and so... I can't either. 
Join with me now as we get back into this nightmare for Aisha. Perfect. Uh, after her facial reconstructive surgery, she filed for divorce two days later. I do not blame her at all. No. The children were put into counseling to deal with what was obviously traumatic stress that they incurred from the incident. Uh, she also sued him in civil court and was awarded $150,000. Um, that would obviously be on top of whatever kind of uh, community property split she probably got from the divorce. So I'm glad that he got punished monetarily at least. Mm -hmm. Uh, for that, civil court sometimes is a real kick in the nuts. Upon his arrest, the police also searched his house where they found shotguns, a semi-automatic rifle, handguns, a sword, smoke grenades, a Jaguar knife, which I don't know what that is, but it sounds badass, 2,300 rounds of ammunition and 500 rounds of sword ammunition for his sword. Okay. <laughs> uh, so he, he pled guilty to felonious assault and domestic violence and was sentenced to two years in prison. Uh, do you know what a felonious assault is? Nope. It's assault with intent to do bodily harm short of murder. All right. Uh, so they can't prove that he was trying to kill her, but that he was definitely trying to... He was on his way. ...harm her in a very severe fashion. I'd say 20 punches to the head that breaks your orbital is, is yeah, you're, trying, you're going for the kill there. Yes. Not to be confused with Felonius Monk, who was a musician from many decades ago. Uh, yeah, I was starting to get confused there. Okay. It's also spelled differently. But uh, just in case, clarify for the audience. Okay. Um, in a petition to get released early, he wrote a letter to Aisha saying, I'm going to try to do Lance's voice here, okay? <clears throat> All right. All right. All right. Here we go. <laughs> tell me if this, if you tell me if you think this sounds like, you tell me if this sounds like Lance. <laughs> Aisha, I failed as a husband, father, and as a man. Instead of loving, protecting, or providing for you and our daughters, I provided a terrible example and exposed you to rage and violence. Wow. Was that good? Wow. That was really good. Thank you. You were holding your neck there. That was yeah, a strange I had to, thing. I looked at Lance and I was like, that guy has neck issues. So I thought I would replicate his neck issues. And then I would be able to talk <laughs> just like what I figured Lance would talk like in real life. You sound like the Reverend Jesse Jackson a little bit there, too. I was trying to, yeah, I was kind of going for an MLK meets mm -hmm. Reverend Jesse Jackson kind of vibe. Uh, wow. Okay. So, something. Okay, so apparently the petition worked because after only nine months, he was granted early release. So he got out after nine months, was granted early release. And you know how hard it is when you get out of prison to... Get a job. Probably really hard. Yeah, yeah, unless you're sweeping floors or driving a truck. <laughs> yeah, sweeping floors, driving a truck, working at Taco Bell, spitting in people's meat, whatever. Um, or the Cleveland mayor, Frank Jackson, hires you as a minority business development administrator in 2017, claiming he deserved a second chance. I don't know why they felt the need to give him a job title that identified him by race. That seems sort of racist to me in and of itself. Oh. God, you sound right, sort of racist, but like in a fun way. Thank you. Mind you. All right. Oh, I also forgot to mention, this isn't the end of things for Lance. There's another call 
that took place on November 17th, 2018 AD. <laughs> This time, it is placed by Lynn Mason, Lance's sister. So, more stuff is going down between Lance and Aisha. Once again, all because of Lance's rage issues. Lance, Aisha, and their two children were at Lynn's house when Lance lost it again. Are you ready for me to hit play? I was going to open one of these pills the pharmacist gave me, and yes. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Strange bottle. That pill has a really good head on it. <laughs> my pharmacist gives a good head, too. That's really strange. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know what? We got to walk that off. You know what I think we should do right now? What? An ad. All right, here we go. Come here. Now, what's your emergency? I need the police immediately. My brother is attacking his ex-wife. Okay, what is the phone or what is the address? 17611 Chagrin Boulevard. Okay, is this a house or an apartment? We're going to need an ambulance, too. I need the police and the ambulance. Okay, is this a house or an apartment? It's a house. And are they both still there? They're outside. I, I, I don't know. I heard screaming. Okay, are there any guns or knives involved? Any weapons I don't that know. you're aware I of? I think there might be. I think there might be. Please hurry. Okay, could you just stay on the phone with me and let me know what's going on? Okay, I have their daughter. I'm in fight with the daughter, so I don't want her to see anything. Okay, yeah, keep her in there and try to stay calm so she doesn't get upset. I'm going to get okay. my guys started out that way, okay? So okay. stay on the phone with me. Okay. Pause it for a second. I mean, can, you imagine, can you imagine right now how that must feel for her? She, she has some kind of relationship dynamic with her brother, obviously. Mm -hmm. But to question that there is something really severe happening outside so much that she doesn't want his own daughters to see what's happening. Right. And she's keeping them in the house. I mean, you would be completely questioning, like, your own safety, uh, the children's mm -hmm. safety. Like, where does this end? Does he, you know, could you, and that, once again, that's like the Cracker Barrel thing where it's like you're sitting there completely exposed. You're at the will yeah. and whim of the, the violent offender. Well, you, you know what they're, you likely know what they're capable of from past experiences, like where the edge, where it stops with them. Yes. And you've never seen them want to go further. Now you're seeing them go further, right? So that you're like, anything could happen. Yeah. You're right. Like the Cracker Barrel one, when she got super nervous when he came back in, yep. she knew like it, if it's gone this far, it's going to go as far as it could possibly go. And this is terrible, right? Yeah. All right. Back to the call. Let me see what's going on. You stay here. I'm just going to check outside. Radio 50 and 31. Also, 78, respond to 17611 Sugar. And callers advising that her brother is attacking his ex wife. They are currently outside. She is in the house with the, their daughter. She's trying to keep me updated on what's going on. Could you see them or hear them now? She does not know if there's any weapons involved. Okay, go with the address, Ma'am, 
1-7-6-1-1-1-7-6-1-1. Yes, ma'am. He stabbed her and he said she's dead. Oh, my gosh. Shaker units, they're by, she's advising that her brother said he stabbed his ex-wife and she's dead. Katie, that's a possible stabbing the DOA. Take as if he takes off. I'm sending my dog. Do not run in front of him. Okay, is he? Is he Outside. still there? Okay, in the driveway. Okay, what is he doing now? Well, her her mood changed, eh? Yeah, it changed. She. This is a lot more serious. Does he have a car there? Is he trying to take off? No. Okay, are you able to give me your name? She's like in shock or something like that. Okay, is that him coming back in the house? He's inside the house. Okay, could you tell me what he's wearing? Um, black coat. Okay. And jeans. Does he still have the knife? Or did he leave it outside? I don't know. He walked in and there's blood everywhere. Okay, the caller survived. Could you see where your brother went? He would, I didn't see. I'm with the girls. Okay. The squad is en route. Also, she does not know where her brother went. He did go back outside. I don't know what direction he went. Okay, William, we're going to keep your information because we're a witness. I always hate the room. Oh, my God. Okay, are you able to tell me your name, ma'am? Lynn Mason. I'm sorry, you said Lynn? Hi, this is Ida One. Adam, I need you to get a gold team ready. I need three guys on you right now. Okay, I'm sorry, ma'am. What was your name? Hello? Okay, is he back in the house? He's back in the house. Caller's advising he's back in the house. Okay, are my officers there? radio. We have one female down. She does look like she's been stabbed. Copy, squad's been advised. Thirty-three, go ahead. Get the squad. Have to stage that angle side and Scottsdale. Angle side and Scottsdale. He jumped in it. Copy. They are staged. Where are you? Where are you? Okay, where did your brother go? Do you know? He's walking around. Just walking around. And I, I think he wants to die too, so. Okay, my officers are going to be making entry. Where are you at in the house? Um, I don't know. I'm facing the street and the road Girls. Okay, what part of the house are you in? I've got a three man team going in, five twenty. I've got twenty five, three one, seven eight, and detective Selby. Entering now. 
Oh, I know you're not. Hold on, I'm at the back of the house. Okay, where's the brother at now? In the kitchen. He's walking through. I mean, he's just walking around. Where's the kitchen at the front or the back of the house? I'm peeking through the, the blind. It's a police thing. Ten four. She is down. She is not breathing. Ten four. I see one almost at the Now at Chagrin and Normandy. That's where we are. I need a rescue. Chagrin and Normandy. They need the blood now. Blood Normandy. Okay, where's your brother at now in the house? He's with me. Okay, and you guys are in the living room? Are you in the rescue team? Coffee? Down here now. Normandy is Okay. They are in route. They're coming now. Okay, what part of the house is the living room in, ma'am? I'm, I'm telling you, it's facing the street. Okay. I'm like, I see one on. Seven one is on the back side. He's at the one okay. three four corner. <laughs> Two four made entry into the house with the team. Okay, are the police in there now, ma'am? Yes. Yes. Okay. The one they made contact with. I know you don't, baby. Okay, they're with the brother now. I know, baby. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay, ma'am, am I able to get your name? Uh, yeah, my name? Yes. Lynn. Lynn. L-Y-N-N. Mason? Yes. What is your brother's name? Lynn. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and get off the phone with you, okay, so you can take okay. care of your girls. All right. Okay. Thank okay, you. bye. Bye. That that was hard. It was it was also hard to listen to because it was hard to get a good good feel for how things were playing out. Because I don't know if you noticed, but like at one point she's saying, one point she's hiding with the girls. Another point she's like apparently not hiding, and then another point he's right there in yeah. the house. But then you also hear an officer say he just hit me with his car and right. it's hard to put all the pieces. So I, I, I dug into this a little bit and I kind of built out the timeline a little. So okay. here's uh, here's what's going on there. <clears throat> so Aisha Lance's wife still owned that house that Lynn was living in. She'd been renting it to Lynn. Uh, the house was designated as the drop-off location for their two kids, and Aisha was dropping them off for Lance's scheduled custody visit. Lance was to have no contact with Aisha through a no-contact order and was supposed to arrive only after the kids were dropped off. On this day, though, Lance was waiting for her to arrive, and as soon as she got out of the car, he attacked her. Lynn... Ugh. Lance's sister runs outside and grabs the kids and hid inside to protect them as Lance proceeded to stab Aisha multiple times. Uh, once Lance had confirmed that she was dead, he went into the house and paced through the house, leaving Aisha's blood trailing everywhere he went. He apologized to his sister repeatedly as he moved through the house, looking out the window, looking at the blinds. Lynn was on the phone with 911 the whole time. 
Yeah, that's what I was picturing in my mind is that she wasn't hidden. So she was in the living room looking out of the blinds with the, with the kids. And then he comes walking in, stumbling around, dripping blood everywhere. Cause she was able to say he's in the kitchen now. He's here. And she's, she's trying not to be provocative with her voice to provoke him to come after them yes. uh, is what it felt like. Uh, because much. maybe he would get pissed that she's on the phone to 911, right? What yeah. a, what a terrifying situation. And uh, you just say that he apologized. I mean, he had a, he had planned this clearly. I mean, he stabbed her until he confirmed that she was dead. That comes in the house mm-hmm. like, oh shit! Confirmed. Whoops! Yeah, yeah, I did it. Uh, it's also weird because it seems like we, uh, from the audio, you have a good bead on on what's going on. But at some point there, he uh, fled the house and he took Aisha's SUV and tried to escape. Um, so, because this this plays out as a significant element later, but in my mind, when I hear that, I feel like it's sort of a uh, uh, you know a, a high speed chase down the freeway kind of thing. But mm-hmm. it, he got very he did not get far at all. Like I'm thinking, like down the road because the cops are there. He ran into a cop. Um, right. Collides with this police car. He injured the officer and disabled the officer's car. So he fled that scene and returned back to Lynn's house. Um, there, uh, after a little bit, as you heard, the police entered the home and subdued Lance. They arrested him and they took him to the same hospital that he had just previously sent the injured officer to after crashing into him. Wow, what a mess. But you can hear the the girls is are uh crying in the background thread it too. It's, it's hard to yeah, and it's hard to decipher the sirens from the cries, but there is a clear yep. difference if you if you listen. Just oh man, just I mean, just the 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 multitasking that that, that Lynn would have to be doing right then to Stay on 911, provide information, look out the window, see where Lance is, see whether or not uh, Aisha is dead, protect the children. Yeah, uh, appear, appear as non-threatening to her brother yes. as well. Appear right, as, tone. remember Lance, I'm your sister, you know, yeah. but mm-hmm. at the same time, the, the contrast of, I see that you just savagely killed your wife, so I'm not quite yeah. sure where I lay on the the protected time, you know, hierarchy. Just, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, just paralyzing um, yeah. <laughs> so he was released from the hospital into the custody of the police and pled not guilty to the charges of murder, aggravated murder, two counts of felonious assault, one for Aisha and one for the officer he injured, grand theft, and violation of a protection order. And his bond was set at $5 million. Five right million. after this, yeah. Which would mean that he would have had to have ponied up, in most cases, $500,000 to get out of, out of jail right. uh, mm-hmm. for the time being. Um, uh, the mayor fired Lance and gave a statement describing his condolences to the family. Oh, good for him. Ah, yeah, good for him. Good job, mayor. Um, in yeah. December of 2018, during his first appearance in custody... Like I said, Lance pled not guilty to the charges. So he was being held in custody, not actually on the murder charges, but based on the felonious assault charge on the officer that he ran into whilst trying his initial escape. So we talked about this before, but remember, felonious assault is generally deemed as just assault with a deadly weapon or assault with intent, intent to cause bodily harm short of murder. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Every time you say felonious, I think of bologna for some reason. Yeah, me too. I get. I'm pretty hungry right now. Same. Um, let's take a break. Okay, <laughs> <Just> <laughs> a couple let's of bologna sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> pass, pass the mustard. Off. <laughs> Here come some mouth noises, people. Just kidding. This is an ASMR. <laughs> yeah, murder makes me hungry. <laughs> All right. Um, hey, Lynn, I, I, have a, I have a question for you. Yeah. Question part A. Do you think Lance was smart or dumb to plead not guilty? And question subpart A. What was he thinking in trying to plead not guilty? Uh, well, I, I just think it's always <laughs> I think it's always smart to leave yourself some wiggle room. So I think that answers both your questions. Yeah. Okay. Good points. Good points. So really quick, here's an example of another case where it literally makes your head spin that someone would be so brazen in their plea to plead guilty. But I mention it just to make a point. So there's another guy mm-hmm. named Mark Burnt, and he was an elementary school teacher in Miramonte, California. Uh, he pled not guilty to sexually abusing 23 students in his classroom, but... Wow. The authorities have photos depicting the abuse. They have the testimony from current and past students. Pretty much seems like a slam dunk case, right? Mm-hmm. He pled not guilty. So here are some of the reasons why somebody in a totally obvious slam dunk case would would plead not guilty. In one word, strategy. Right. Emotionally, you and I on the outside, we may look at, at this as just one more monstrous thing that a monster does after being a monster. But... Remember that the law is supposed to provide the same liberties and rights to all people, (laughs) the operator says with a jaded chuckle. Um, But uh, so for a moment, imagine you are innocent, okay, and yet you are accused of being a monster. It might help knowing how to use the law as a strategy in your defense And that just might be a lifesaver. So to start, defendants in the U.S. at least have a Fifth Amendment right to avoid self-incrimination. You don't have to plead guilty even when you are. Instead, it's up to the prosecutors to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that you're the defendant who committed the crime. When the prosecutors have little evidence, meaning the, the side that's trying to put you away, it makes sense to plead not guilty. The defendant may have a very high chance of being acquitted at trial if there is little evidence. Um, but what about when the prosecutor has a lot of evidence, such as with like Mark Burnt, you know, photos mm-hmm. of, of all this, or in the pretty obvious case of our friend Lance. Um, there's still really good reasons to plead not guilty in these types of situations. For one, let's say you are guilty. It may force the prosecutor to offer a deal Actually, trials are expensive, as we know. Even when the evidence is strong, a prosecutor might be inclined to offer a lesser sentence to avoid the expense. You've probably heard about it, where like a prosecutor is is uh, running for a judgeship or or to be the district attorney. And it seems like all the cases leading up to that like seem pretty babied. You know, they're either mm-hmm. slam dunks or they're just they're they're getting them off their docket, whatever that is. So 
it, depending on where the prosecutor stands on things, he may want to just move this one on. Right. Uh, it's, it's also a game. It's all it, a game. It is. It is. It's a it's a game of of how to use the law, right? And and uh, us as lay people, we we don't know the law well enough, so we put our life in our hands in the these people, and then it just seems like a monstrous game because they seem to be able to play it so well, and they play it, and we're like, you're playing a game with my life. But mm-hmm. okay, so it's also possible that the prosecutor's case isn't as strong as it seems. So really high profile cases, for example, they're often way overcharged in response to public pressure, right? So, but there's no reason for a defendant to plead guilty, even in those cases. If if case became highly public, everybody is like rabble, rabble, rabble. Give him the death penalty, you know. But as far as the law is concerned, there's no point in pleading guilty to murder if. You're really only guilty of manslaughter. That sounds like splitting hairs a bit, but that split hair could actually mean the difference between a few years in prison and life in lockup or even death, you know. For sure. Sorry, I have an example here. Yeah. Kind of based on what you're talking about. When it comes to public pressure and when it becomes highly publicized, Mm -hmm. I was working on this case for Dead Time Stories on Patreon where I was the fast food killer and he killed a bunch of kids and young, 23, 28-year-olds in um, execution-style robberies of restaurants. Hmm. And they thought that he was mentally incompetent. So he goes years and years on death row, and then when it comes time for him to be executed, because he says that he's tired of going through the appeals process, he's ready to die, he thinks God wants him to die, they set it all up, so he's, he eats his last meal, even. It gets to that point. All the, the families are there to witness this execution, and he decides, and there's all these people out front petitioning against it, protesting against it because they think that he's mentally disabled in some way because of some head injuries that had occurred with him. Mm-hmm. And he decides last minute, wait a minute, God doesn't want me to die. He tells his lawyer, hey, appeal this. I don't want to die now. After his last meal, we're talking like minutes away from his execution, and they immediately cancel it. And the reason why they do it so quickly I, is because of the public pressure and to look good in the eyes of the public. And they don't make a decision that sh- that they should have. Like, no, screw you. Like, you just ate your last meal. You you're screwing with us. Yeah. They they cede to the public pressure, right? So, what a crazy system it is. It's a game. It's it's part law, part legal, part protection and rights, part politics. It's nuts. Another thing, another reason why you might plead not guilty actually is if you're charged with something you may want to challenge a piece of evidence that is being submitted so for example like in the elementary school teacher Mm -hmm. if those photos were obtained in violation of the constitution they could not be admitted at trial so even though you know those photos are there if they were acquired in the wrong way that could ruin the prosecutor's case and ultimately it would lead to an acquittal or at least fewer charges so uh, it's crazy. Guilty people, you know, plead not guilty because it makes sense. They, they they have a right, and their defense attorneys have a duty to seek the lowest sentence possible. So it seems crazy, but it does happen. Yeah. All right. Um, we are almost done with this one. I've got one more twist for you, though, in this one. <sighs> what if I told okay. you that everyone, and I mean everyone, that was part of this whole situation knew that Lance was smarter than his own attorneys. Can you guess can you guess why they thought that? No. Well, it turns out that it was awkward for the judge in this trial because he was staring not at just Lance the senator or minority mayor token. <laughs> it turns out that the judge was dealing with Judge Lance oh, Mason. Sure. Yeah. All right. 
I didn't know that. He had served as a judge for almost eight years in the same courtroom that he was now being convicted <sighs> in. Yep. I suspect that you told me not to look through this entire thing, so yeah. I knew there was a twist, but I, I can't believe I didn't put that together. He was Lance was a judge. Lance was a judge uh, this whole time, all through all of this, through the beating and pushing his wife out of the car. Wow! All of that had happened. You know, he had been in a judge. He had been a judge for almost a decade. So finally, on September, can you guess what day? Oh, the 11th, the same day that something big happened in, in New York. No, you're thinking of the debut of Jenny Lind, the Swedish nightingale at the Castle Garden Theater in New York City on September 11th, 1850. I didn't know you were schooled in Sopranos, Luna. <laughs> what are you talking about? Is that not what you're talking about? How do you just grab that? Uh, you just gra- Who the hell is Jenny Lind, the Swedish nightingale? I think I came across that when I was looking at some random, you know, more penny facts to arm myself oh my with God. to seem smart. That is unbelievable. Well, guess what, though? As far as the day you picked, you're wrong. It was September 12th, so... Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. September 12th, 2019, Lance flipped his plea to guilty for the reasons, as he stated, to save his children... Oh, wait, <clears throat> let me try this. <clears throat> I wish to save my children the trauma of a trial. That's what he said. The judge was like, yeah, too little, too late, but fine, Lance. I'll go ahead and give you life in prison with the possibility of parole in 35 years. So there he sits. Judge Lance Mason is behind bars, most likely until he dies. Hopefully. Wow. Crazy. Hope he's got a good pharmacist. (laughs) I don't know. Do we even need to disclaim this? You know, at this point, it... These 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 calls are tragic. There's so much terrible that happens in them. Uh, you know, we're we're not we're not insensitive to this. If anything, it is very hard to listen. Uh, you know, between you and I, we both have to listen to this call probably ten times yeah. in the course of editing yeah. all this. And so, listening to that and embedding your, in order to stay sane, I think. Many of these people, dispatchers, you know, front first, first the front line people, the emergency responders, you've got to have a corner in your brain where you can stay safe. And and anyone that criticizes us for you know kind of taking the dark humor route with this, oh no, no, no we're no. covering this, yeah. we're covering it, whether you like it or not, we're covering it. And our safe space corner is to try to find. Levity, you know, I guess. Totally. Terrible things. Well, that's, that's part of the reason why I, I only, I don't need, I didn't even listen to this one because you said not to because of that judge part. Now I realize. Yeah. Um, but you listen to it much more than I do. I couldn't listen to this over and over again. I'm, I'm exhausted just listening to those little girls cry in the background and picturing this whole thing. No, it's gallows humor. And I think that uh, we've explained this before, but people who are paramedics or doctors or police officers or firefighters, whatever you want, social workers, we all joke this way to like you said take take the edge off and and that's why we make it a part of the podcast too not just because we're total uh dicks yeah exactly i mean we are but you know yeah on the show we 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 act like we're doctors uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right you want a happy ending yeah, I'll take it yeah, all right hey luna as a kid did you ever call 911 not directly no no, there okay. were situations, but no, I never, I never picked up the phone and called nine one one. Okay, did you ever call nine one one on accident and hang up? That'll be a no. That's okay. A uh, did they ever call back? This none of this ever happened, so this okay. is ridiculous. All right, good to note here. Never, never, never. Okay, uh, well, 
Sometimes they do call back. In this case, five-year-old Zachary's mom did get a call back from the dispatchers. Zachary and his mom had been discussing a very big day that was coming up. And while his mom was away, Zachary decided to call 911 for some help. Let's uh, let's listen to the call that his mom got from 911 checking on the situation back home. Are you ready for me to hit play? Yeah, sure. What was that? That was, what was that noise? Alexa. <laughs> oh, I said her name. Now she's listening to me again. Oh, great. Alexa, stop. Oh. Alexa? <laughs> <laughs> I just want someone else to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> That's the third person. That's the dull, That's the dull one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she sounds like a robot. <laughs> one star. <laughs> All right, here we go. Hello. Hello. Hi, this is Jim from Palu. Hi. Hi. Um, I'm very sorry. Yeah. That was my nearly five-year-old son. He was just telling me that he um, wanted to invite the police to his birthday party. Oh. I just, I'm really sorry. Like, I feel a bit embarrassed. No. I'm so sorry about that. Um... I'm really sorry. No, that's all right. We just wanted to make sure everything was okay because he called us a couple of times. But Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, that's all right. So long as there's no emergency. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. We, yeah. We're all safe and all right. well. Um, but yeah, he had just been telling me he wanted to um, have a police themed birthday party. And then I didn't realize he was going to fly. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Just, ah, no, so that's sorry. okay. Um, I don't know if we'll be able to make it, but I'll put it in. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, oh, thanks yeah. for no that. worries. What was your name, sorry? Uh, Sarah. Sarah. Oh, okay. All right. Thanks for that, Sarah. Uh, thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Oh, Zachary. Can you could you tell what accent that was? Uh, sound from the south. Like South of America. South America. No. Southern American. Southern Americans. <laughs> I will say no. <laughs> yes, yes, again. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, ground beef. Uh, the University of Kentucky. No. Oh, um, Scottish? No. No? Oh, New Zealand? Close. It's either there. Australia. Yeah, it's either Australia or New Zealand. I can't tell. I don't, they, they have a very similar accent. Uh, to me, at least. I know that they would be offended by hearing that, but, uh, you know. <laughs> I love you both. I love I love you both yeah. countries <laughs> and all the yeah. people there. Okay, full so, of criminals though. Yeah. Full, of, full of criminals. <laughs> oh man. Uh, <clears throat> so obviously embarrassed. Zachary's mom hung up and probably had a little talk with Zachary about when and when not to call emergency services. Then his birthday came. Are you ready for me to hit play again? Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Sure. All right, here we go. Hello? Is Zachary here? Yes! Zachary. (laughs) (laughs) Zachary, can we talk to you for a second? No. No? (laughs) (laughs) We've got something for you. We were there. Happy birthday, Zach. Oh, awesome. Happy birthday. <laughs> you can come in. Oh, 
Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday. Oh, hi, guys. Hi. So we've got some hi. stuff. Hey, Zachary. Oh, hey, Zachary. We've got some stuff outside if you want to come and have a look at it. Maybe a bit of a play around with some of our gear. Would you be interested Ooh. in that? I might. <laughs> <laughs> you can come in. Don't bring my full old shit. Alright. So the cops showed up. I love how uh, I love how uh, he, they were like, "Could we come in?" And he's like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't recognize that song. That must have been like an Australian birthday song or something. It's kind of what Happy Birthday. I like it. That's catchy. Yeah, it's catchy. what do they call it? it? Sure is. Happy Birthday. Oh, that seems appropriate. Yeah, to you. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, you know what I like about uh, Aussies and, and and GBs. Okay. Mm-hmm. They everything that they do to me at least maybe it's because I have a different accent I'm from a different place but they sound so genuine in yeah. everything that they do yeah and I, often when it's in Canada or the states maybe it's because I'm from this area it seems sounds more forced or corny or contrived <laughs> and with them it always just feels so genuine like um, if you ever watch Big Brother Aussie edition or Big Brother from it's they're just nicer to each other yeah and and that felt very genuine I did not cringe for a second it no. was great Every, it, well I guess I should probably just say any country other than my own and a pocket of people a small pocket of people that uh, that I, I hold in this regard but like people from Australia New Zealand Ireland Scotland when they swear I don't hear it as swearing it just seems yeah. like part and parcel to their com- level, their line of communication. Like when you swear, I don't hear it either. I put you in the category of like drunk Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's what I'm saying. It's the expression of an introverted drunk person. Or, you know, like a, that, that's what the whole Aussie Great Britain thing is to me too. So UK yeah. thing. I don't even know what to call them anymore. I'm sorry, everybody. I just call them, yeah, world people. <laughs> Yeah, but but you tattoo people get out. <laughs> I'm gonna get beat up by all my tattooed friends after this. Man. Mainly, I'm focusing on them just to make them laugh. So yeah, no, that that, that was really great. That was a good call. Was so Zachary and his friends got to go outside, and they they let him play on the police cars and in the police cars, and they let him dress up. I'm guessing they let him dress up in police stuff rather than like dresses and you know that kind of thing. Um, Unless there were some girls and there was like police dresses, maybe maybe so, or or the boys. They maybe I don't know if there were dresses at all. I'm just going to say that. Um, wow, you were po- doing so well. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the police gave him his very own stuffed police dog as a present. It was a stuffed animal, not a real dog. That'd be something. Yeah, it would be. That'd be imposing. <laughs> <laughs> just flopping on the doorstep. Happy birthday. <laughs> 
This one died in the line of fire. Now you take good care of him, all right? Come here, give me a hug. Give me a hug. Somebody take a picture of me, give him this kid a hug. Is there any accent that you can't do well, man? Seriously. Uh, yeah, uh, Those are also good. I can't uh, dance. I cannot dance. I don't know. I bet you can. I can't. Uh, interpretive uh, dancing, yes, because it's sort of like the accent of dancing. I could probably do yeah. that pretty well. Right. But anyway, that's all I got for this one. All right. I'll see you later. Hey, I love you. Hey, I love you too, man. All right. Hugs, everyone. It's been a roller coaster ride, hasn't it? <laughs> so many laughs, a few tears, and a whole bunch of hugs amongst this crazy community that you've helped us build. From the amazing Facebook groups to the actual awards that you've been sending us, we are overwhelmed with love and appreciation that you've allowed us to make all of these crazy shows at 1159 Media. Even my grandma stopped complaining. At least I haven't heard her voice coming out of the air shafts for a little while. Hmm. Probably should check on her. Our Patreon overfloweth with your amazing support anyway. You make this thing possible. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your patience. And most of all, thank you for your love. So much hugs. 